Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon, episode 51, head of UFC 266. We've got a really good lineup for you. We're first joined by lightweight contender, the eighth-ranked lightweight Dan Hooker, to preview his fight against Nazareth Hackperdas and kind of everything around this fight. This was kind of before we did this interview, before he even knew if he had his visa. So that was obviously a big concern. He obviously got it, but he kind of detailed the travel, which is going to be insane. But we kind of previewed this fight, how this fight came together. And Really everything that's going on in New Zealand, how Dan thinks there's a very real chance that this could be his last camp at City Cake Boxing and they may be forced to go elsewhere and train. We're then next and be joined by heavyweight contender Yarzinho Rosenstrike to preview his main card scrap against Curtis Blades. This is a really intriguing matchup. Yarzinho, heavy hitter, good kickboxer. Obviously, Curtis Blades look, going to look to take it down to the ground. Yarzinho said he's gotten a lot of good looks and with a lot of good wrestlers at ATT, he's very confident he can keep it standing and find that knockout punch. We're then going to be joined by Cynthia Calvillo to preview her main card fight against Jessica Andrade. The, Cynthia called out Jessica. You don't really see many girls calling out Andrade. Cynthia explained why she did it and how she thinks a win here kind of sets herself up nicely for a title shot, especially if Shevchenko wins just because they're on the same card. We're then going to be joined by Martin Sano Jr., who's making his UFC debut against Matthew Semmelsberger. This is a name probably not many of you know, but this is Nick Diaz's protege. Nick Diaz played a big role in basically why he got signed to the UFC. He's 0-2-1 in his last three fights but still Sano he has also hasn't fought since 2017 Sano kind of detailed why he took the time off and and how Nick played a big role and how Nick's even looking in camp out of his return fight against Robbie Lawler and we close things out talking to Jalen Turner to preview his fight against Earl's Maddich this is a really intriguing matchup Jalen hasn't fought in a while he kind of knows if he beats Earl's Maddich like it kind of gets some good hype behind his name and he knows if he can get this fight out of the first round he thinks he has a lot of confidence to win this fight but really good chat with all of them uh Really good show, but it, be sure to share the show, subscribe, and again, thank you all Asking for, this. for one. Dan, <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, good. Now, it is a month of asking for him. I think before June, I've been nagging the UFC, so it's uh, we're only a couple of days from potentially getting on the plane and, and flying out. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. I, I remember we talked before the fight with Chandler and like you had to basically stay in Abu Dhabi for so long. Is that still going to be like? happening this time just because you took this fight on relative short notice too or are you able to get in right away again um no nah, so that's the that's like the major reason why i needed to get on this card um and just hounded the ufc to to get me a, a match up on this day is because i had a i have a voucher a week after the fight to get back into the country so that's and and since then and since new zealand locking down they've they've closed that booking system Altogether. So if you leave New Zealand now, um, it looks like six months, a year uh, before you're going to be able to get back into the country. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just lucky that I got a spot and I'm, I'm able to get over there. So if you hadn't booked like for like, I guess Kai's fight in December, like cause I guess he's already booked so he can come back. But like if you didn't get this fight, like you're probably shelled for another eight, ten months then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, so Kaya is actually, he's in a tricky spot. So that's like, that's obviously fighting Cody Garber and that's like too good of a fight to ever think about passing up. You know, that has title implications, a fight like that. It's kind of the same situation as when I had um, the Chandler fight. You've got so much to gain from the fight where you, you have to take the risk. It's a, it's a risk versus reward situation, and he's in that with Cody Garbrandt. So he's actually going over with no um, voucher booked to return. 
um, and they've actually closed the booking system um, altogether here in New Zealand, so he actually can't get back into the country whatsoever. So he's looking at a, potentially a long um, stint overseas or, or what a few of us other fighters from New Zealand are looking at doing and, and um, potentially stationing ourselves offshore, stationing ourselves um, out of New Zealand for the foreseeable future. Do you think that's like, oh, I know it's like has nothing to do with the sport, but do you think that's just going to hurt New Zealand MMA a lot just because now a lot of guys are going to leave the country and go elsewhere? Like, do you think that's going to hurt the gyms in the long run? It puts um, people in a tough spot, you know. Uh, it's, you know, combat sport, but sport in general um, around New Zealand. You know, I'm I'm lucky and me and a couple of the other fighters and guys are lucky enough that, you know, we earn enough that we can station overseas. But I would say there's like a tier of fighters um, just underneath us that hadn't, you know, say they hadn't quite made it to the UFC or making um, enough money to support themselves, well, then they're, they're, they're stuck, right? They're stuck. Um, they've been sitting on the shelf for two years and, and looking potentially in another one or two years. So it's going to have some pretty big um, implications, this kind of thing. And so you end up bugging the UFC. Like, I know a couple of people were calling you out. It's like, when did you find out it was going to be Nasdaq? There was a couple people really active trying to get this fight. Um, nah, nah, that's, uh, whoever you're talking about is, well, I thought uh, Armin was really after it. Well, where is he? Where is he? I have been, I can, I can show you messages with the UFC since before June. I was trying to fight on Israel's card in June. I said, the message only says, I will fight absolutely anyone. He says, I've got no one ranked, um, that's fit to, to fight. Um, and then that proceeded to this like September card and we're in the same exact situation. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what that kid's on about. Nasrat is the only fighter that's um, been offered to me or the only name that's come, come across my desk um, in the last five or six months. Um, so I think uh, everyone else not named Nasrat is, um, just full of shit. I know this fight only got announced about like what five, six weeks before the card. Is that when you kind of got confirmation with NASA? But I assume again, like you were always training for this date anyway, so it's not too short notice for you. Um, yeah, like I was saying, I, I, I'm it's oh, well, two birds, one stone. I address one of the other major questions that people has, and they're like, oh, man, you know, you're fighting on the prelims. Like, that's a, that's a bit of a strange one, going from two main events and a co-main event to fighting on the prelims, you know. You're, it's a real tough spot. Um, it's not how I look at things. There, I, I have created a fight where there was absolutely no fight. <laughs> Uh, I just knew that I needed to fight on this date, this date here in September. Um, the card was full. I didn't have an opponent. And I just pressed the UFC. I pressed Sean Shelby to, to get me a fight on a full card against and, and pull, a, pull an opponent out of nowhere. And uh, I feel like people kind of got the wrong end of the stick where it's um, 
if I wasn't Dan Hooker and I hadn't done, you know, the heavy lifting I have done for the UFC, that I just wouldn't be fighting uh, on this date or, or be getting a paycheck. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm looking at it from a very different scenario where I've kind of pulled a fight completely out of my ass. Uh, but then on the flip side too, like, how much pressure is on you on this fight? Because you're the eighth-ranked guy, and now Nazrat, you're fighting an unranked guy. Like, if you lose this one, like, it's that three in a row and an unranked guy. But, like, it seems like you did create a fight out of nowhere. But if you beat Nazrat, I feel like everyone just kind of expect you to win this. Like, how much pressure is on you from this one? No, I'm not feeling, like, any pressure in, in, in terms of that. Um, I need to fight. I need to compete. And this is just showing like the hunger of it. This is the this is the only fight that's that's come to me in um, six months. That's absolutely ridiculous for a fighter who feels like he's, you know, coming into his prime and wants to test himself and compete. Um, so I just take my hat off to Nasrat. This is uh, how you make a name for yourself. But in terms of that's that's the complete wrong mentality like what do i achieve out of sitting on number eight and and defending number eight do i want to do i want to be known as the eighth best lightweight in the world for the rest of my career i couldn't care less about being known as the eighth best fighter on the planet i want to be the best fighter that's that's the only focus that's on my mind and you say oh what about this if you lose well I'm not going to lose. How about (laughs) it's not like, that's not where my mentality drifts to. That's not how you can think as a competitor. You can't think, Oh, well, if I, if I lose this, well then no, that you need to think about the positives. You need to think about, um, yeah, you need to, to, to concentrate on, on my abilities and the, and the good things that can happen, happen out of this, you know, it's, it's back on a win streak. Um, showcasing my skills like it's it's a massive opportunity what do you make of like nazrat's run in the ufc because he was someone that was like really hyped up dropped his debut went on that bit of a winning streak then drew dober knocked him out pretty quickly now he's back on a little mini uh, winning streak yo man i've trained with drew there's uh there ain't no shame in that that boy hits like an absolute truck and he could knock any man out um he could knock anyone out in the world. So there's definitely no um, no knock on him, not getting past um, Drew. But I definitely feel like he's a very talented young fighter and he's um, definitely of the caliber to be a, a ranked fighter. You know, in my opinion, he's better than a few of the fighters that are ranked in the lightweight division. So it's, um, yeah, I'm not going to let, uh, you know, the rankings get in the way of a, of a great fight. And I truly believe that this is going to be a, an exciting, um, a truly exciting match. Well, that was kind of my next question. Like, how do you see yourself winning this one? Because I think when you see Dan Hooker a fight, like, I think the fans already know it's going to be one they want to watch. Man, stylistically, like, you can go back and, and watch this kid fight. He's, he's not going anywhere. He's going to stand in front of you and he's, he's going to be there and he's going to fight. Um, it's a it's a perfect fight. This is uh this is an exciting match. I'm excited to get out there. You know, watching watching Nasrat, a few of his fights. This guy's a, a true competitor. So I feel like it's going to be a 
it's going to be a crazy fight and and yeah people are going to people are not going to want to not going to want to miss this are you putting like any pressure on yourself to go out there and get a finish is it more just get the win and get, start a new winning streak um so I put the I don't put the pressure on myself about the result. I put the pressure on myself in this fight about um, fighting to my true capability or, or my true potential. I feel like we've seen glimmers of that in throughout my career. There's been you know glimmers of excellence or, or, or glimmers of you know championship caliber uh, championship caliber fighter, but the consistency. Um, hasn't been there that that's the thing that's been missing so I feel like um, <clears throat> I feel like I have made the right adjustments and um, to, to kind of find the right mix and I feel like that the consistency is there and I'm going to be able to go out there and just showcase my skills that that's all I'm focusing on truly is is um, showcasing my ability to, to its true potential what do you think a win over Nazareth like does for you and puts you in the division? Or is it more just you're getting a paycheck, you're getting a fight where there really shouldn't have been one? It's it's back on a on a win streak. I don't feel like you're gonna get anywhere um in the division without a couple of wins back under my belt. So I feel like this is um this is that. This is turning the ship in the right in the right direction. Um it'll be Pretty hard to deny me, you know, a top 10 fighter with a win over Nasrat. What's it like for you to be on this card? Like, Volk's first time headlining a pay-per-view, like the return of Nick Diaz. Like, this card to me is, at, at 268 is up there too, but like, this card's one of the best cards they've done this year. Yeah, well, man, this fight's, uh, you know, this card's absolutely crazy. It'd be cool to get over there with, you know, Volk up there in the main event, Ortega, they ran through the whole Ultimate Fighter. Like, it's uh, it's going to be pretty crazy, and it'll be pretty cool to actually um, hang out with some people for a change. We've been, uh, we've been in lockdown here in New Zealand, and uh, New Zealand lockdown is a bit different to other lockdowns around the world, like everything. Everything shuts. It's like, uh, don't leave your house lockdown. I haven't had a haircut in a couple of months. Like, uh, I'm looking looking forward to getting over there and uh, getting a haircut. That's one of the first things I'll do. Are you going to try to stay in the States for a bit, or do you have to head home right away after the fight? Uh, so I'm there. My voucher to get back into the New Zealand quarantine is a week after the fight. So I've got uh, a week in Vegas doing uh, whatever happens <laughs> after the fight. And uh, yeah, then I'm back to New Zealand. And then, yeah, it's time to, to look at things and, and kind of reevaluate our situation and, and where we need to be training in the future. And fighting back in front of fans, like I know there was a couple, like thousand in Abu Dhabi, but sold out here. Like, what's that going to be like for you? Man, I'm looking. That's like one of the major things I'm looking forward to. I'm one of the one of the fighters that truly fights better with fans. Or oh, man, soaking up that. That I don't. Um, I don't wake up like I don't. Um. It's just not the same. Like you don't, you don't get your blood pumping. Like I'm, 
I am like the opposite. A lot of fighters like trying to calm themselves down and block this out and block this out. I feel like I'm one of the other guys where I need the fans to wake me up when they start screaming and yelling and carrying on. Um, it gets your blood pumping and you really wake up and want to get after it and put on a show. So I feel like, yeah, I'm excited for the for the fans to get back in there. That's um, that's probably one of the major things I'm looking forward to. Uh, just a couple more things like. At any point, because I know city kickboxing like had to shut down. I know you guys had like police coming. Like, was there ever any point of you thinking of pulling out of this fight, even though like you needed to fight just because you couldn't really train properly? Nah, never. Um, kind of never crossed my mind. If I'm being honest, um, I think it's just once once I set my mind on something, it's it's like virtually impossible. <laughs> it's virtually impossible to deviate. Um, you know, I set this months and months and months ago that I was going to fight on this date regardless of what happens. And, uh, yeah, there have been a lot of roadblocks and a lot of obstacles, but um, I make it work, and, and I figured it out. And um, I'm here. Now I'm sitting days away getting on a plane and get over there to Vegas and, and making this thing a reality. Like, what is the plan? Because I know you said when you get back quarantine, like you're gonna kind of reassess where you train. Like, is it heading to the states or is it heading to like Thailand? Like, have you really thought of where it is, or are you just gonna think of, like you probably have to leave New Zealand? Yeah, I haven't put too much thought into it just because I've been, um, you know, dealing with the obstacles at hand <laughs> and uh, focusing on um, you know Nasrat and his opponent, and definitely not looking past him in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, it, the, the way it's looking is is um, gonna have to. You know, I can't speak for my teammates or the other guys I train with, but it's gonna look like stationing um, away from New Zealand is probably gonna be. Um, yeah, our hand our hand is forced. How difficult will that be? Because I know, like, you have a kid. Like, I'm sure you want them to live there and grow up there. Like, are you gonna take your family with you? Or is it just gonna be you heading out? Yeah, I have to. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna. You know, yeah, I wouldn't go away from my family for that long a period of time. I'd take them. I'd take them with me, and yeah, I would just. The world's your oyster. You know, you, you can. Um, yeah, I'll have to just have a look after the fight. Uh, anyone's got a couch I can sleep on for for a couple of months. So. <laughs> Make some connections in Vegas. Maybe maybe you can sleep at the PI or something and just kind of bum around a little. <laughs> yeah, sleep under sleep under the boxing ring at the PI. Maybe that maybe that's a go. Uh, just a couple more things. Like I know you said like it could shut you guys down for a while if you don't leave. So like I know you're a guy that likes to call people out. So does that kind of hinder a call out because you don't really know when you might be able to fight again? Um, man. You... If you know me, you know me. I'll, I'll make it work. It's something I can't do, and that's um, sit out and wait. That's just something that I'm not prepared to do. So, like, uh, whenever that call comes after this fight for the next fight. Um, but, yeah, the way it's looking, um, we, won't be coming, we won't be coming home after, after the next one. I'm coming home after this one, uh, but it doesn't look like uh, we'll be coming home after the next one. Do you still have to do like the two weeks in that like hotel? Yep, 
Yep. No, that's uh, that's not going anywhere <laughs> in New Zealand. That's definitely that's that's something I've got. Uh, it does suck, but no, like no real problem with that. Um, that's not even the hard part. The hard part is getting a is getting a room in that quarantine. But but the two weeks will be a lot better after a win than sitting on a loss. Uh yeah, one hundred percent. I would. Uh, I'm sure. Um, everything. The food tastes better. The sun shines brighter. Um, the drinks are a little. The drinks are a little sweeter. So I'm sure every everything. Life is better when you win. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, just a couple more things. Like, it seems like Poirier Oliveira's a go for December. How do you kind of see that one playing out? Um, I feel like Poirier. I feel like uh, too much, um, too much, too durable, too tough uh, for Oliveira. And McGregor is going through like all these like antics on Twitter and everything. What do you kind of make that as a fighter to see and kind of what he's doing outside the cage? Oh man, he's a free man. He can kind of do anything he wants. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's hard for me to sit here and, and, and criticize another man and the decisions that he makes. Uh, he's a he's a big boy. Um, yeah, he can he can do whatever he wants to. I'd be my friend would bug me if I never asked you this, but. He's a big, he likes you a lot, but he liked Tony Ferguson a lot. He said, that's kind of the dream fight for him. Do you think that's one that ever happens? That's a fight. Like, that's the fight I was going for. That's the fight that, like, me as a fan sitting back wanted to see that fight. They wanted to see Danny, Dan Hooker, Tony Ferguson. I feel like that's um, that's a massive fight. That's a crazy good fight. Um, from what Sean Shelby was telling me, he just was uh, – not picking up the phone. He didn't answer the call. No one could get a hold of him. Um, so that's why that's why I'm fighting Nasser Akbaras and not Tony Ferguson. And that's the that's the only reason because he didn't pick up the damn phone. Is there any fighters, not even in your next fight, but like in the future before you call it quits that you want to fight against and just share the octagon with it at lightweight? Um. All of them, <laughs> all of them, none of them. Um, yeah, it's like a it's like a funny mix of um, there's like a lot of respect for those people, but those people also stand between you and the way of stand between you and, and what you ultimately want. So it's like a it's like a funny mix of um, respect and animosity that uh, fighters at the highest level have. Uh, just final thing, I know your team kind of likes to get everyone going at once. Do you see a lot of the, the city kickboxing guys, like there's two or three of you at a time on a UFC card, but with everything going on, like how hard is that to plan? Because I know you guys like to plan like a full year. Whenever I talk to Kai, he's like, oh, Eugene knows, is he going to fight on this day? That means Alex fights on this pay-per-view, and they kind of do that so they can set the training. It's like how hard is that now? Because you guys don't really know if you can even go out. <laughs> Uh, that makes things incredibly difficult. That makes things, um, yeah, spanner in the works. Um, this whole situation we're here. Uh, I'm sure he's got a plan, but uh, yeah, I'm just the 
serial trigger puller. I just uh, I just go go go. That's um same things that make you strong make you weak. Is that hard for you though? Like you're kind of just entering your prime right now and fighting, and it's kind of being held back by it's hard to leave your own country. That's why you just gotta you just gotta make adjustments and and overcome it. You know, I can't say um, that those kind of restrictions and, and quarantines and um, lockdowns here in New Zealand didn't impact is not having an impact on my career because it's definitely having a, a pretty major impact on the last year of me getting out there and competing. So, yeah, something needs to be done and I need to make adjustments. Like, no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to – you can't, like, praying and crossing your fingers and hoping that the government opens the country up is just uh, you're wasting your time. Like, you need to adjust. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have to make do. We'll have to move offshore and, and, and keep the keep the ball rolling. All right, well, Dan, I appreciate the time through Power Roads and all. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. No trouble, Cole. All right, we're joined by UFC heavyweight Yarzinho Rosenstrike, who's got a big fight at UFC 266. Yarzinho, how's it going, man? Good. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, big fight against Curtis Blades. After you beat Augusto Sakai, like, was this the guy you thought would be next for you? Yeah, I think um, there was a fight to make. It's... Uh... It's the fight to bring me back on the top, get me in the contender lineup. And, yeah, I got a feeling that this fight was coming. Did you think it was going to be a main event? Because although it's a great fight on pay-per-view, I thought this is like an easy headliner for a fight night card. Actually, I, for me, it was even better if I had this fight for five rounds, like a main event. But it's fine how it is. It's three rounds. Um, it's going to be quick. I mean, three rounds, five minutes is fast. Oh, what have you made of Curtis Blades recently? Like, obviously, he got knocked out by Derek Lewis, but before that, he kind of like ran through Volkov, beat JDS, who you fought. Like, he, he's beat a lot of high-level guys and fought a lot of the top guys. No, he's he's one hundred percent. He's he's a, he's a big name in the game, in the sport, in the heavyweight division. Um, to beat a guy like Curtis Blades, um, show your type of level in the heavyweight division. So. Uh, of course, I take him serious, and yeah, I take him serious. Uh, you, I just want to quickly touch on your last fight. Like, could that have gone any better? Getting a first round knockout, just to get back into the win column in a big way. Nah, uh, actually, is the way we wanted it uh, to go. Exact, uh, actually, uh, the way we train, uh, make a lot of improvements. Um, even for myself, I see that, and and we keep keep holding that and. We're moving forward from there. So it was good for us and it's very right where we want to be. How much pressure was on you going into that fight? Just after that gone performance where a lot of people uh, didn't think it was the most entertaining fight, like especially you trying to get back to the win column, like how much pressure was on you going into that Sakai fight? Actually, it wasn't like pressure. It was more for more like um, um, what happened in the gone fight. Uh, I kind of know what happened and then... Um, you, you you change the game, you level it up, and and then you go in the next fight and you beat the guy and you're like, okay, I'm back in the game. Um, me and the team, we, we had the meeting and then we go from there like, okay, let's keep this. And then, yeah, and now we got a big fight. So we keep going and, and, and it's going the right way. 
one positive, I guess, being on the pay-per-view is back in front of fans. Like, how excited is that for you? Because hey, it's been a while for you. I think it's it's exciting. It's exciting because uh, it's going to be my first time with the fans again, uh, feeling the warm, the, the screaming and everything. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's been December 2019 when you fought over him was the last time you had all the fans there. Correct, correct. That's true. It's uh, almost two years. Uh, with Curtis Blades, like, obviously everyone kind of knows he's a really good wrestler. Like, is that the main focus of the training camp is takedown defense? It is in focus, but I don't like to focus too much on my opponent. Um, I'm trying to work always where I'm where I'm good at and make it better. And yeah, I'm I'm comfortable fighting him, and I'm looking forward. I'm gonna win this fight because that's the only thing that counts for us. With Blades, like all of his losses are by knockout. Does that give you a bit more confidence that like it, you've seen him get knocked out before, and especially with like you're a heavy hitter too, and a lot of your wins are by knockout. Nah, I mean it's a heavyweight, and every mistake he makes, and of course we watch his fight. Uh, everybody make mistakes, but we are focusing more on every mistake he makes. You're going to have to pay, and it can be the end of the fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, the punches, the power is there. Technique is there. So so any any mistakes, any opening can be the end of the fight. And that's what we're looking for. We're always looking for the knockout. Not looking for it, but it's there. Like, you know, if I if I got someone like a clean shot, even if, if I just start touching people, the fight can be over. So um, any opening can be the end of the fight. How quickly are you expecting him to shoot? Like, when do you think he's going to take that first? I think he's going to shoot right away. He's going to shoot right away. That's Curtis Blade. We we know that. He's going to shoot right away. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be ready the 25th of uh, September. And we're bringing the fire to the octagon. And and, and it's going to be crazy. Especially the fans are going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, how big do you think that first takedown attempt is? Because if you stuff it, like his confidence probably has to take a hit if if he remains standing with you. Now I know uh, takedowns take a lot of energy, especially if you stop it. You stop the second one, he's gonna start thinking different. And and yeah, I think that the main thing is I'm not gonna focus on his wrestling, on his takedown attempts. I'm just gonna go forward and fight with this guy. That's the only thing that counts. And, 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 and yeah, I think my attack is my defense as well. So, yeah. Have you kind of been looking at the Derek Lewis fight where he was throwing a lot of uppercuts and catching uh, Curtis when he was coming in? I did. I did. I, even, I did. I watched the fight on the day. Uh, yeah, I was I was seeing it live on the ESPN Plus. So, um, I'm up to date. And, and it make a lot of sense uh, the way that fight goes. And yeah, I think Curtis was tired and just take a bad shot. And, I, I know you like throwing a lot of kicks, but is something like the coaches are saying is you can't be throwing any like lazy kicks just because it's easy to get a hold of one of those legs? Of course, of course you can throw a lazy kick with this guy. Long arms, wrestling, low stance, you can grab it. But yeah, we got some tricks and, and we fought people like him before. So it's going to be, it's going to be exciting, exciting fight. You fought a lot of different heavyweights. Like, who kind of reminds you the most that you fought of Curtis Blades? Over him, he's the same, yeah. the same gym, uh, kind of style wrestling. Uh, over him, even have more, more, more experience with uh, kickboxing, and even him, he, he went right away to wrestle. So he's oh. kind of like, and they trained together, or they trained together in the past. So 
I, I know Curtis like has been improving his striking, but do you think just because he got knocked out in his last fight, like he's not going to want to take any chances and he's really only going to try to wrestle this fight? Mm, I think I think it's something stupid to do. Try to stand with me, uh, exchange punches, especially. Yeah, everybody know I got the knockout punch, and and to be smart, I don't think it's a smart move. If I was him, I I will not take the chance to do that. Uh, you're obviously a very good counter puncher, but is part of the game plan to just throw a bit more volume now that it's only three rounds? Uh, yeah, especially this fight's gonna be fire from the start. Three rounds is 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 like it's like this. Especially I fight for five rounds fights, and especially two back uh, back to back, and and the the, the three rounds fight the three round fights is, is gonna be fast. So you're gonna have to be bring the fire from the start, and he I think he's gonna bring the fire from the start as well. Uh, how do you see yourself winning this fight? Um, yeah, first we're going to see what you want to do the first round. And the most important thing for me is pressure him. Pressure him, put him in his backwards. And yeah, he's going he's gonna to shoot anyway. So we've been prepared for all of that. Is this one of those fights you think you can get the knockout? I have to. Uh, any mistake he makes, the fight's finished. And it's a big fight. Finish it in that type of way, in style. That's perfect. And what's it like being on this card? Because this is obviously a very big card. Like, you got the two title fights, the return of Nick Diaz, like, uh, back in front of fans in Vegas. Like, it's a big card for you to be on. I think it's a really big card, and it's nice. Uh, it's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be my first time in the T-Mobile Arena. Um, the, the championship fights uh, on top make it even more exciting. And yeah, so I'm going to see things that I'm leading up to, like uh, when the champions fight comes, I'm going to be in the same type of spot like them. So I'm learning from everything around me that happened, you know, in the UFC. So I think it's it's cool and it's, it's just awesome. What do you think a win over Curtis does for you? Because the only two guys to beat him are Ngannou, who's obviously the heavyweight champ, and Derek Lewis, who just fought for the belt after he beat him. Now I think uh, fight uh, this fight will bring me right at the top. I beat him, I take his spot, and then we go from there. If I need one more fight for the championship, let's go. If I can go straight for a title shot, let's go. But for me, I think it's better to be more, more, more. I have, I want a quick turnaround after this one as well. So we'll be more in the in the mix with the fighting. Don't want to lay back too long. And don't like that. Well, that's what I was actually going to say. Like, are you hoping? I know this is the end of September, so do you think this is probably the last fight for you this year? Or are you hoping you can maybe get one more in? I want one more in. If it's December, it's going to be perfect, especially before the end of the year. And then we go with a, a nice record, uh, 2022. Uh, for me personally, I think there's only two or three fights that really make sense if you beat Blades. I think, obviously, with Nganu gone tied up, I think Derek Lewis or Stipe Miocic, if he wants a non-title fight, like I think those are really the only two if you don't get the title shot next. I think yeah, that makes sense, both of them. Um, yeah, I think both of them make sense. And, and, and to keep me busy, it's perfect. It, it doesn't matter. How has training been an American top team? Like a lot of good wrestlers there, a lot of good heavyweights there. Nah, training has been going good. Uh, they, we've been working hard. And... Um, some days it goes good, some days it goes bad, and you know it is fighting. You can have every day as your perfect day, and yeah, 
we 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 are on a good spot. We have all the bodies, all the wrestlers, all the good wrestlers, and and and, and yeah, everything is good. It's perfect there. Even the striking coaches are perfect there. So nothing to complain. Has it been weird now training with Arlovsky and JDS, even though you just even though you fought them? No, it's not weird. You know it is. Um, before I didn't know them, and then I fought them. I went against them. We don't know each other. Uh, we now we start knowing each other. We in the same gym, so I think it's no hard feelings. Uh, we all in the UFC for a, for a goal. We want to get the gold, and as soon as you get the gold, you want to be champion, and you you know you go from there, uh, make yourself bigger. So prof we are professionals, so uh, I have any problem with that. How much better do you think it is that this fight's on a pay-per-view so it's the bigger cage? Because then you have more room to move around. Because if it's at the apex, it's a smaller octagon. Like, blades can get to you that much quicker. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's good that the cage is bigger. Uh, you can move more. Um, yeah, especially with blades, because he's uh, trying to run people run people over with his double legs. So I got more room to move and, and, and get back. Uh, you know, like counter, counter the takedown or take down temp. So for me, it's fine. It's good. Even better. Let me say it as that. Uh, just a couple more things. What you make of Cyril Gon's performance over Derek Lewis? Uh, I mean, he does his thing. He does a good fight, and he got the opening, and he knocked him out. Uh, yeah, I think uh, and it's the heavyweight. If you leave anything open, it, the fight can be finished. And yeah, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard being in heavyweight yeah. and keep your hands low. You eat a couple of punches, the fight is done. Who do you think wins that fight between him and Ganu if that is next? I don't know. For me, I don't care. You know, uh, I I want a piece of both of them. So uh, who wins? I'm after that. Is it kind of perfect that they'll be fighting? Because no matter who wins, you get your rematch for the belt. Actually, actually, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, that's why I say for me it doesn't matter. And Ingan is a bigger challenge. Ingan, uh, uh, um, if he's have his smart ways, moving around, he's fast. But either way, I'm fighting both of them, so it doesn't matter. I want a piece of both of them, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm sure you've probably seen like when Ingani went back to Cameroon, he got that big like uh, ovation, big party. Same with Oliver in Brazil. Like, what would Suriname be if you come home with the belt? I think it's gonna be the same. It's gonna be crazy. Everybody's gonna be happy. You know, um, I can't think about it. I now want to go win this guy one step at a time. Right, beat this guy, get in line for the contender uh, for the title, and then yeah, we go from there. When are you planning to go back home? Because it's always a big deal when you arrive back there. After after my fight, I think I'm going to go home for uh, like two or three weeks. Yeah. Just last thing, it's a professional mic you got. What do you use that for? Nah, I use it for uh, uh, my interviews and yeah. my video games, of course. So, And I would like, you know, I want you guys to hear me clearly when we speak. So I invest a little bit in my job. So. Oh, what video games are you playing? Uh, Call of Duty, playing soccer, FIFA, waiting for the 2022, and uh, Madden, and uh, all this game to call NBA. Do you play on console or PC? PC. Both oh. of them. Actually, both of them. What, what do you have, Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Oh, yeah. The best. Uh, <laughs> any good at those games or what? Or do, do you play guys at the gym? No, not yet. 
I'm not focusing too much on. I just go play on random people. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, when I have time, I just put it and just play random. Well, Yerzinho, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem, Cole. Thank you for having me. And next time. All right, we're joined by UFC flyweight Cynthia Calvillo, who's got a big fight at UFC 266. Cynthia, how's it going? It's going great. Getting close to fight time, so getting those butterflies. <laughs> yeah, this is obviously a big fight. You called out Jessica Andrade. Not many people call her out. It's like, what kind of intrigued you so much to call for this fight? Um, well, she's a dangerous fighter, and she's a number one contender. And I like having, you know... Uh, I, I like fighting the best, and if the opportunity is there, I'm going to take it. And so, just like I did last year, I called out the number one contender. I did it again a year later, and I'm lucky enough to get it. So, um, of course, you know, and that's what's going to take me to the title, which is what the ultimate goal is. It, it's been a while since you fought, like November last year. Like, is this a bit later than you honestly expected you to make your return? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's. Mainly just because I had shoulder surgery, so I had to sit out for a long time. Um, it was an injury that I n needed to take care of. I tried many things, stem cell, PRP. So finally it came down to, all right, I need surgery. So, you know, I also knew that, you know, me being new to the division, I need to be at 100%. I'm top five. I can't go in there with any nagging injury. So I was like, let me take the time right now, and then we'll get back in there and fight the best. And you fought Chukagan in your last fight. Obviously, didn't go your way. Close fight. Like, what do you kind of learn from that? Because Chukagan's like a tough opponent to fight. Yeah, she's a very difficult fighter. I think a lot of people have a hard time fighting. You know her. Um, she's really good at point fighting and keeping her distance, and um, you know, not letting uh, letting fighters get in there. Which she did a really good job. Really good adjustments. You know, she wasn't throwing very many kicks anymore after the first round because she knew I was going to probably you know take her down off of that. But um, I think also just the preparation for the fight for me was a little bit difficult because I had a completely different opponent that I was getting ready for for months, you know, for Lauren Murphy. And then I got COVID and, you know, I was really stubborn. They're like, do you want to fight in two weeks? And I'm like, yeah, I, like, let's go fight. Like, I was just, you know, let's go do it. And and Caitlin took the fight. Lauren didn't. So I ended up having to prepare for Lauren. I mean, for Caitlin for in like two weeks. And of course, I, I understand that she had to prepare for me in two weeks as well, but you know, her style is the same for every fighter, which is to keep this distance. I, me fighting her, I would have had to fight different just because she's the longest fighter in that division. And Jessica Androjic, what have you made of her run at flyweight? Like she TKO'd, uh, she came with the body shot, then obviously lost to Shevchenko for the belt. But I think that fight kind of went a lot different than a lot of people expected. Like I thought it was going to be a bit closer. Yeah. I mean, with Jessica and Josh, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you might get knocked out, you might not. You know, she might get tired and it'll be a boring fight. It's just what happens with someone who's got knockout power. And it's not like she's super well-rounded. Um, you know, she's not probably the most technical person. She throws a lot of hooks. She definitely fights like a, like somebody who's small and likes to throw bombs, you know, like anywhere like Lineker, you know, I mean, just, just wants to go in there and throw down. So, um I just feel like I have to just be really careful and really have really smart engagements. If I get in there in the brawl, then I have, you know, I can make the possibility of getting knocked out a lot higher if I 
just go in there with a firefight, you know? So I want to go in there and play it smart, just like Valentina did, you know? She went in there, got found the body lock, and was able to take her down. So I feel like if I play a smart game against uh, Andrade and I can take away, you know, her one of her biggest attributes, which is her, you know, punching power. So um, I feel like a lot of people always tune in to watch her just because you always think that she might, you know, knock someone out. But it's not like she does it all the time. <laughs> How much have you kind of looked at that Shevchenko fight of just how she got to Andrade's body, how she got her down, all that? Because I assume wrestling is probably going to be a part of your game plan for this one. Yeah, I mean, she definitely, um, you know, worked towards more getting body locks than shooting down to her knees and stuff. But that's just something where where Valentina's really strong. She's strong in the clinch. She's strong with body locks and stuff like that. So she was really smart about that. Um, um I like to pay attention to what the best in the world do. And obviously Valentina is one of the best in the world and she's the top of the division. So definitely I take tips off of her as far as like what the, you know, what the path, the path to success is to beating an opponent that, you know, especially if she's already just recently fought them. So of course that being her most recent fight, I was going to watch that a couple of times with my coaches, not over obsessed about it too much, but definitely take some pointers, you know, um, definitely was probably Valentina, probably fought Jessica Drage the best way that anybody could you know, could have fought her. And this fight, like, how do you kind of see one playing out? Because Andrade, like, very dangerous, but she does kind of get tired as the fight plays out. So is this fight, like, you think, get out of that first round and, and it's going to be a lot easier for you to get just kind of get the takedowns, kind of work you, your uh, fight? Yeah, I think, you know... We'll have to play it out. I think it's really important to see where where uh, where they are in the in that round because if I see the opening for the kill, I'm gonna take it. Any times where I waited for that, you know, and if I don't get it, and and if you wait too long, then the bell rings, and then before you knew it, you run out of what you wanted to do. And so I want to make sure that you know, uh, obviously that could be a possibility. I'm gonna take into mind that she does get slower and as the rounds go, but if I can, you know find the kill and get, you know, like I said, make smart uh, engagements and get the fit-ins and able to take her down and submit her or TKO or whatever it is, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll be looking for that too, but I'll definitely be paying attention to that. You know, obviously everybody watches her fights. You can see that she gets tired, you know, as the rounds go, just because she's so much power, you know. You've been a flyweight for now, like over a year. Like, do you kind of finally feel like you're a full size flyweight, and you're not someone that's going up in weight and trying to like add size? Um, like yes and no. I mean, I I feel really good at at flyweight. I think this is where I belong. Um, do I think that other people in the division probably should not be there and should probably move to more of a natural way? I would I would say so. I feel like a lot of the fighters are still going to be bigger than me. But um, I feel good. Like, I'm eating really well. Like, I, I, it's so much different to fuel, to make weight versus fueling for performance. And that's the best part about it. Not being able to scare to eat, you know, and to properly fuel my body for every training session is such a game changer. And obviously being here at the PI. So um, I feel really good. I feel strong. I'm eating more than I've ever ate before. And my weight is just great at 125. It's not going to be a hard weight cut at all. Um, it's I'm only about 12 pounds over right now, which is really good. And, you know, especially eating a lot. So I've, I, and I, I feel like uh, it's, you know, this is exactly where I belong. I'm going to feel really strong and um, I'm going to show that. 
who have you been working with for this fight? Because I know you do some work at Extreme Couture, if I'm not wrong, and then you do uh, the PI. So there's like a lot of kind of fighters that kind of roll through the PI. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, Jessica Andrade is here right now. She's doing her camp in Las Vegas as well. So we we pass by, you know, uh, each other, uh, you know, quite a few times throughout the week. Um, we're never exactly at the same place, like, you know, training at the, at the same time or, you know, even having, you know, our, because we both do strength and conditioning there at the PI. We both do physical therapy there. Uh, and I know that she, she does some practices there, you know, so I usually uh, do my strength and condition there, but I do all of my main training at Extreme Couture and 10 Planet. So we're still like passing through, but we don't really train by each other. So it's all right. <laughs> Is that weird just seeing her like as you're kind of getting closer to fight time? Um, it's definitely different. Um, I don't really, I don't, I don't really mind it. It's, um, I feel like, um, some, some fighters are like that, but me and her are cool. Like Jessica and Josh, actually, she's really nice, you know? So when we're there, we pass through by, by each other. We're very cordial. Um, the PI though, everybody there at the PI does want to keep us separate. Uh, mainly Forrest Griffin. He feels like even if both fighters are nice, the energy is going to be different if they're in the same room. So let's just keep them separate as much as possible. So that, that sense almost kind of adds on to like, oh, we're not supposed to be by each other, but like, hey, you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I think everyone kind of knows if you win this, the title shot is next. But is there any pressure on you to go out there and like get a finish to kind of put a statement out to Shevchenko, who's obviously on the card as well? I mean, uh, the pressure's more, like, so coming from, like, me, myself, and, and the expectations I have for myself. I want to go out there and get the finish. Um, you know, I've been in the position for fighting where I, when I first got into the UFC, I was probably the rookie of the year that year. I, I, I fought too many times. I was winning. You know, Dana loved me. People, Everybody was on my train. Everybody. And then, you know, uh, I got suspension and I, I lost, you know, I had a, a couple of, of, of obstacles I had to run through, like, you know, and, and get through and people just write you off real fast. So it's like for me to be concerned of what, whether I have to prove something to these people or not, it's not so much because they just turn on you so much. So I feel like I really need to just uh, more, mostly focus on, on what I can do and just continue to better myself. Because the minute that I start worrying about that, oh, I got to go out there and prove this to somebody else, you know, it's just... It, I'm doing it for the wrong reason. So I just want to put my head down and, and focus and just take it one step at a time. You know, I want, I want to build the legacy. I, I hope that when, you know, people talk about me that they, they can say that, you know, I was always down to throw down and I always wanted to fight the best, you know, and that's the legacy I want to leave behind. And, and, you know, although right now I understand that my, my journey is a little bit rocky. So I try to ignore the noise, you know, from, from other people. <laughs> Uh, just a couple more things. The title fight is on the card. Like, who do you kind of see winning that fight between Shevchenko and Murphy? I mean, honestly, uh, Lauren Lauren Murphy's really tough, and that's her thing. She that's her biggest attribute. She is really tough. Um, but if you look side on side on how Valentina finishes certain people and how she fights against them, versus how Lauren does, Lauren barely wins fights. She, like her fights are decisions, but they're barely, they're very close decisions. And with Valentina, 
it they're not close. So I just have a you know I don't think that Lauren Murphy's going to be able to do enough to beat the champion. You can't do just enough to beat the champion. Um, she hasn't really finished anybody. The last time she finished somebody was somebody that took the fight on a couple days notice. You know, um, uh, that wasn't in the even in the UFC at all. So uh, I don't I, I find it really hard to see her winning this fight. So uh, definitely Valentina is who I see winning that night. Uh, I know your eyes are kind of set on uh, Andrade, obviously not look past her, but then after that it's Shevchenko. But is that Murphy fight one you want just because you guys have been scheduled a couple times? Yeah, anybody. Like, I want to fight everybody in the division, you know. If they're there in the top ten and I want to I, I want to fight, I hope I can make up for lost time. I mean, it's not always good to think that way, but I, I just feel like these last couple years for me, I fought once or twice a year and – that's just not enough for me. I'm not going to sit there and just wait for the title and pick and choose the fights. If if that's a fight that's available to me, I'm going to take it. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can, you know, fight everybody there, everybody in the top 10. Or if there's anybody else that's trying to climb up, I, I just want to stay busy, make some money, you know, because, you know, we don't make any money sitting on the sidelines. And uh, so I want to fight as much as I can so I can start making some some good money. And fighting back in Vegas, like in front of the fans, like what's that like for you? Because it's been a while for you since you fought in front of fans. Man, I'm stoked. Uh, the first time I fought without fans, I thought, you know, okay, I kind of like this. I was like, this is cool. And then the second time I was like, man, this, uh, man, this is just missing something. You know, I was like, uh, let's, let's, I like, I need the fans back. I need that big cage. I need to feel the feelings, you know, uh, of all the fans in there just roaring. Like I'm excited to feel that. And, um, you know, excited for international fight week. So that's going to be uh, pretty cool. I know it's going to be a really busy weekend here in Las Vegas. So I'm excited to have like a lot of friends coming through finally, you know, especially after not being able to come see me fight live. So I'm super stoked about that. And just last thing, being on this card, like, what's it like? Because this is a pretty big one. Two title fights, like the return of Nick Diaz. Like, I have a bunch of friends. I basically just judge if, like, they text me about the card. That's how I kind of know it's a big uh, event. And they're already asking me, like, oh, we're going to watch at your house because, like, if Nick Diaz is back. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, I'm really excited. Like, I never thought that I'd be on the same card as Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler to begin with. You know, they're just two legends of the sport. But um, obviously, you know, we have Alex Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega, which is uh, long awaited, especially after the Ultimate Fighter. You know, um, and then we have the chap of my division, you know, with Valentina and Lauren. So um, it's super exciting for me. Like, you know, I'm not only my fangirling, but I'm also like looking at the competition and seeing, you know, if this is because this could be this that very night that I win my fight, we can also set up what the next, you know, move is. So um, but being on that card is uh, it's an honor. I'm excited that I get to open the main card, um, you know, so hopefully I can put on a good performance and uh you know, yeah, show out and hopefully get that title shot. All right. Well, Cynthia, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We're joined by UFC welterweight now, Martin Sano Jr. Martin, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing well. That's the first thing I want to start off. When did you find out you were getting signed to the UFC and fighting on this card? Uh, say late May, early June when I found out. Uh, what were the emotions like when you got that call? Because I imagine fighting the UFC has been a dream for like ever, probably ever since you started martial arts. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a big, uh, it was a big, um, like, 
feeling of just finally made it, you know? <laughs> so. Uh, were you surprised it came now just because you haven't fought in a couple years? Uh, not really. Um, just, you know, just being patient and uh, working and training hard. So. What was the reason for your layoff? Because you haven't fought since 2017. Just uh, focusing on getting better, you know, training and getting uh, getting some training in with the best people in the world champions and just working with champions and working on uh working on my fighting style all that so how much better do you think you have gotten since we last saw you compete uh immensely better i mean we've been training hard you know this has been a lifelong goal and dream of mine and it's finally here so i'm ready to represent you're obviously a big part of Nick and Nate's camp. So like how big of a role did they play in getting you on, especially Nick? Cause this is his big return to the UFC. Yeah. I mean, Nick's always, uh, Nick's always grinding. So Nick's always training. He's always ready. Um, you know, he's, he's been, he's been trying to come back just, you know, it was, it was all about timing. So. Well, was that always the plan was for you to make your debut on his return card or did it just happen to play out like that? I mean, I, I knew if I was in a, if I was going to come on a big show, it was going to be on his card. So I pretty much knew that already. Hey, like we mentioned, you haven't fought <clears throat> in 2017. Like what have you kind of taken or looked back on your career? Cause yeah, like how much do you look back on those fights or are you kind of just not even going to look at that and you've just been all new skills you're working on? It's all about, you know, just getting better and uh, learning from your mistakes and uh, just focusing more in, in on the fight game and, and who's been around and, and seeing what people bring to the table. So I feel like I'm going to come in pretty hard. You fought for like world series of fighting. You fought for Bellator, but like UFC is obviously the big show, but do you think, uh, fighting for those promotions will help you so you don't have those octagon jitters like a lot of people talk about? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I train all the time with, with killers, you know, so it don't really matter where I fight. Just got to go in there and beat someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Your opponent, how much do you know about Matt Samuelsberger? <clears throat> uh, not much. Just, uh, you know, I hear he's, he's really good, so... Uh, Heard he's ready to bring it, so we're going to be throwing down. Yeah, yeah, he's obviously a guy that likes to keep standing, has knockout power. Like, is this a fight you think if you get to the ground, like, you'll have an advantage over him? Uh, I mean, we're going to find out. You know, it's a fight, so can go anywhere, but uh, I'll be ready. How do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Uh, any means possible, you know, I'm – Obviously, going for that finish, uh, however however I get it, I'll be happy. Uh, what would that mean for you to get that UFC win out of the way? Because uh, fighting for the UFC is one thing, <laughs> but getting a win in the UFC is a completely different thing. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a big, uh, big mark in my career. So, it's, but it's just, it's just the beginning. Uh, are you hoping a win here, like you get a quick turnaround, just make up some lost time? Because of the time off? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be ready to go. So, like I said, stay training. So, hey, you're 
uh, like you're fighting on this big card, like sold out crowd in Vegas. Like what's that going to be like making that walk out in front of that sold out T-Mobile? It'll be awesome. You know, dream come true. Uh, are you like, who are the main guys you're working with? Like, are you working with Nick a lot for his return fight? Yeah. I mean, I've trained with him every day and, uh, Nick, you know, Jake Shields, um, a lot of good guys, uh, really helped me out. So are you surprised Nick's coming back? Cause for some people, they thought we'd never see him again. Not surprised motherfucker, you know, <laughs> Nah, he's he's uh he's been staying ready, so everyone's gonna have a, a good show on their hands. Uh, what's it like gonna be uh, be able to share a card with him? Because even though he's not the main event, like he's kind of the big headliner of this card. Yeah, I mean, it's a big name, it's a big show, and uh, you know you wanna you wanna be everybody wants to fight on a DS card. You know, it's, it's your fighter, fighter's favorite fighter, so you it's gonna be a big show. It'll be a good one. Uh, I know the Diaz is rolling to fight camp like with a lot of people. I know you're usually part of that. So uh, how comfortable are you already with like UFC fight weeks? Because you've already experienced a couple times just with Nick and Nate and all them. Yeah, it gets crazy. The fans are amazing. The fans are great. You know, they always they always show love. So, you know, it'll be something. Uh, how has Nick been looking for this one? Because he yeah, just hasn't fought for so long, but he's a guy that's always in the gym training. <clears throat> Yeah, Nick's Nick's looking better than ever, man. That, that dude, he's on point, stays on point. Um, yeah. Uh, how do you think he beats Robbie? Because a five round fight, like I think that kind of favors <clears throat> Nick because he has insane cardio. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's gonna it's gonna play out how it plays out, but you know, history's gonna repeat itself, and he'll come out victorious. Uh, with Nate too. When do you think we'll see him back in there? Uh, man, I mean, it's up to him. You know, he calls all the shots, so whenever he wants. Is that kind of goal for you, get uh, Nick and Nate on the same card and then get yourself back in there on that card as well? Oh, man, it's asking for a lot, but that would be amazing <laughs> too. <laughs> Shit, I'd be down for that. What are kind of the main things you've learned from working with this camp? Because uh, Nick and Nate are like, and especially Jake Shields, all them, like they provide a lot of unique skill sets that you can obviously learn from. Yeah, I mean, just being able to perform under pressure, and there's a lot of pressure, so got to be comfortable in that. Hey, your cardio, too, like how much better has that gone with you working there? Because Nick and Nate, like those guys, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. just always in your face, and like you really can't get tired when you're tra training and sparring them. Right, right. Yeah, they, they push you. They keep you going, and, you know, it's rounds on rounds on rounds with them. So cardio will be there. You get your hand raised here. Like, do you plan to call anyone out, or is it just whoever the UFC offers you? Man, whoever's whoever's up there in the top, you know, um, take all hard fights. You know, all my career has always been the toughest fight. So, is that something that like your camp likes to do? Because you look at yourself, Nate Diaz, Nick, even Jake. Like, you guys don't take any easy fights. Like, you always ask for the hardest times, especially like. Nay, like asking for Leon Edwards, who was like the number two welterweight, which is like, like you guys really don't back down for any challenges. True fighters, you know, true fighters represent, and then we go in there to fight and, you know, give the fans what they want to see, uh, throw in hands. So that's what we do. 
Is your main camp out in Stockton or are you kind of going around different gyms? Uh, yeah, we were out in Stockton for a while and then uh, now I'm out in Vegas. So I was just hovering from Vegas to LA and stuff like that. Are you just working at like the PI or are you going to different gyms out in Vegas? Because I know Diaz is kind of, they go PI, they go to different gyms and they, they kind of do a lot of stuff off by themselves. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I go train with uh, Dewey Cooper out in a oh, yeah. big scary gym. So he's really good. Uh, brings a lot of good fighters in and uh, Jake Shields. So we'll be training with Jake Shields. Mike Kyle's been helping me. So we're out here, we're out here training, working. Uh, how big of a help is Dewey Cooper just to help your striking? Because he's a very good striking coach. Oh yeah, he's he's amazing. I mean, he he'll keep you tight, keep you sharp. So it's great. Uh, just last thing, making that walk to the octagon. Like, what are those emotions going to be like, or is there going to be any? <clears throat> Trying to go, ready to go. It'll be uh, you ready for a fight. Uh, actually, just one more quick thing. Like a lot of UFC fans might not know who you are. Like, what are you hoping they're talking about you on the Sunday after? Like, are you hoping you leave a big statement towards them? That's the plan. Yeah, get my hand raised, and then uh, people start knowing the name. All right. Well, Martin, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you, Cole. All yeah. right. All right. We're All right. joined by UFC lightweight Jalen Turner, who's back in action here at UFC 266. Jalen, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Uh, just got done training, hanging out, chilling. Um, fights coming up here pretty soon. Like, when did you find out about this fight? Because this was one I remember texting you about because I know this opponent was floated. It was just the date that was kind of up in the air for a while. Um, sure. I think like around the time you texted, I don't even remember when. It's been a while though. Uh, I've known about this fight for a while. Uh, and then finding out you're on this date, like UFC 266, like the return of Nick Diaz, like what happens? Like, when do you find that alone? Like, is it just pure excitement to be part of this card? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty dope, you know, like, like at first I was just like, you know, I'm just excited to go be back and fight and do my own thing. And now I'm like a part of such a big card. I'm like, man, like this is it's a good return. <laughs> Uh, we haven't seen you in about a year. Like, what was the reason for the layoff? Man, it's been uh, injury after injury, like personal stuff. Just been sitting on the shelf a bit. Like, it's it's been a lot. Um, mainly just injuries, dude. Like, I got injured after my last fight. That sent me back a couple months. <clears throat> I think I ended up, I ended up getting COVID um, sometime earlier last or earlier this year. That sent me back. And then I just kept trying to get scheduled. It was I was gonna get scheduled for a fight, um, and then I ended up breaking my hand. And it's just it's just been a bunch of just a bunch of bullshit. So, yeah. Of fighting like back in Vegas, the T-Mobile Arena, like uh, back in front of fans too. Like, what's that gonna be like? Because your last fight was the, the only one you did. You're one of those rare fighters. You only had that one fight without a uh, crowd. You know, um, I'm hyped to to feel the energy, feel the vibe hear everybody roar and scream, hear people boo and cheer, you know, I want to be in front of all of that again. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun, like, being around the crowd again. Your opponent, Earl's Medich, like, how much do you know about him? Because this is a guy that had a very impressive fight in the Contender Series, then kind of just ran through Elon Cruz in his debut. Um, I know, I know a fair amount about him. Um, I know people that uh, train, that, that train uh, with this, at the same gym as him. Um, 
shoot. I mean, yeah, he's he's had some impressive fights, but you know, they they weren't long fights. You didn't get to see much of him being tested, which is, you know, um, it's always, you know, it's always uh, something to, to bat an eye about. And it's crazy that like, he has so much hype um, just off those two wins, you know, like, like, like I hate to be like, oh, he hasn't been tested. Like, I don't want to say that, but I guess I got to be his test, you know, like, but I don't, I don't know, dude, like he's, he has all this like hype and energy, which is really good. Like I'm happy for him, happy that he has all that, but I'm, I'm here. It's my time. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to be the one in front of him, but I'm not sorry, you know? <laughs> well, and like you look at him, like, he all his wins are by first round stoppage except for one it was like 30 seconds into the second round so like there's so many questions like you don't really know if this guy has like cardio to go 15 minutes they're like uh, i think that's what it, you see it a lot with like these undefeated fighters that come up like we're with you like we've seen you go 15 minutes do you think that's kind of advantage for you is if you could take this the longer it goes the better it is for you just because he's never experienced that oh without a doubt um yeah, I've I've gotten a decision a couple times. Um, you know, I'm I'm good all 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I I feel like I've been a first round uh, winner for a long time. Like most of my finishes are in the first round. I've only had like like two second round uh, wins, and I feel like I feel like I would put them on the first round. Like that's just me. But if it goes to to three, it's I'm still getting my hand raised regardless. You are one of the bigger lightweights. Like you're gonna have a reach advantage. Like, and you use it pretty well. It's like how big do you think that is gonna be in this fight where you can kind of even just jab him and not let him get inside and land those power shots. You know, it's, uh, that's actually like a, a really big factor. Like he is taller, but I have like a six inch six inch reach advantage, I believe. And <laughs> I mean, like I like I said, like I have the attributes. Um, you know, he hasn't been in the deep waters. Like I like a lot is favoring me. And, um, you know, it's just time to go do the work. It's time to just go showcase everything I already know and I've been training for for the last year. Do you think you're getting, like, overlooked in this fight? Because I think a lot of people are just looking like, oh, this is an undefeated guy. Like, this is the next big contender. And, like, we haven't seen you in a year. And, like, MMA is one of those sports. It's like, oh, what have you done for me lately? And yet, if you haven't fought in a while, like, people tend to forget about you. Dude, I, I, I do feel like that. Like, my core fans are, like, all, like, they're all rooting for me. But, like, you know, just, like, the, all the little hype kids, like, like you know, watching him coming out, they're, like, all him, you know. And it's cool. Like, I, I respect that. You know, I haven't fought in a year. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> you know, I just got to take the hype. That's it. I just got to take his hype and run with it. Is like a wrestling going to be part of your game plan? Because he's a guy that seemed very dangerous on the feet, but we haven't really seen him tested on the ground either. I'm I'm prepared wherever the fight goes on the feet. It can stay on the feet. It can go to the ground. I'm ready to take the fight wherever I need to to win. It doesn't matter. Like I've prepared a year for this. Like I've been in the gym, training around injuries, training around life BS. Like. Wherever the fight goes, I feel comfortable and confident. Um, I definitely feel like I have an advantage on the ground. Um, I have—I feel like I have an advantage in the cardio. I feel like I have an advantage on the feet. I guess whatever, wherever I want to take the fight, I feel like I'm going to dictate. How do you see this? What like how do you see this? Do you see yourself getting your hand raised? Man, you know. 
I I I kind I kind of see a first round finish. Like that's always my thing. Like, but I also see a maybe a third round TKO. Uh, if you do get the stoppage win, like, where do you think that puts you in the division? Because he is a guy with a lot of hype, and people think he could be a, like a future top fifteen guy. Honestly, I don't like. I, I don't feel like this fight will like. I'm hyped for it, but I don't feel like it should put me up too like too much higher. Like it should put me somewhere, but not like like he's only had one one solid UFC fight. You know, like give me like one more dude, and then I, sh- I, I like we just start talking about rankings and and where I could be placed at and moving up. You know, I'm not in a rush. Like I've I've been sitting out for a year. I've grown a lot of patience. I'm gonna hit the top ten. I'm gonna hit the top five. And I'm going I'm to come close to a championship belt. I'm going to touch the belt, you know, and, like, I'm taking my time. There's no rush anymore. Uh, you just said there's no rush, but are you hoping everything goes right here? Like, you can get one more fight in this year, or you think this is probably up for you just because you had the whole year off? You know, I, I financially, <laughs> financially, I'd love to have another fight before the end of the year. Um, you know, like, I, like, even last year, I went to fight after my last fight. Like, I was pretty much unscathed, but I ended up having an injury. So, you know, I'm not going to, like, count my eggs until they hatch, you know. So if I come out uh, unscathed again and injury-free, you might see me in December. A bit of, like, a chance to right the wrong. Lost your debut as a T-Mobile Arena on, like, a massive card against Luke. Now you're back there for the second time again on a massive card. Dude, you know, it's funny. Like, that's played on my mind a lot. I'm like, man, like, like perfect way to put it, you know, like – haven't fought in exactly a year. Um, I fought around the same time on my debut. I'm like, I do like this. Is, it's just everything's just starting to align for me in, in, a, in a weird way. And and yeah, like I, I really get to erase that. Like I I get to I get to go in there and showcase what I could do at 155, and you know, come out with come out with my hand raised this time. So I'm I'm hyped for that. I know especially on these big cards, like you get that post-fight interview and they kind of like push you for that call. But you seem like a guy, like it's really whoever the UFC offers. Is that kind of what your strategy is for right now until you start getting that bigger name and get close to the rankings? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not calling nobody out. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta get some more impressive finishes. And then I'll start, I'll start talking a little bit. I'll put some names out there. Um, you get past this one and then, you know, you, you'll see a little bit more of me, a little showmanship. Did you see Vegas? Uh, at the, I don't know if it's Vegas, but at the Apex, they kind of made a rule after you. <laughs> yeah, the, the weigh-ins you can't be bringing the tarantulas anymore. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes it's better to ask uh, for forgiveness than permission. So <laughs> I'm happy I did it. I mean, it was you know it was a, a historic move. Nobody's ever really done that, so it was cool. Is there a chance you try to sneak another one in? No. <laughs> I'm not playing with fire again. Like we mentioned, like this is obviously a big card for you. So, like, are you after the, is the goal get the win and get into the crowd and watch some of these fights? Because you got like the two title fights, like you got Nick Diaz. Like, it, it seems like the card to be on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely chilling after the fight for sure. Hey, you are like fairly early in the card. Is that I think you're like the fourth or fifth fight. Like, is that kind of what you like and, and get done early? Or would you rather be like? near the like be opening the main card or near the top of the prelims um honestly placement doesn't matter to me um first fight second to last fight third fight i don't care i'm gonna be all all over on on the cards you know um 
the goal one day is the main event. So being being early on now is like, oh, just get used to it. Uh, just last couple of things. Where have you been doing most of the training camp for this fight? Um, I'm, I've been at Ruka um, and yeah. uh, Costa Mesa, and then I've been at Cross and Grace Riverside. Um, I had um, I had um, a friend come out, uh, Ozzy. I, I always butcher his last name, Dukalubov. Uh, Dukalubov. <laughs> uh, he he came out, helped me with my camp a bit. Um, he'll be in my corner. So uh, it's it's been a great camp, man. It's been it's been shit. The beginning of it sucked, but now it's 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 turning out really good. Yeah, just because I was asking, because Rook has been getting a lot more people in there. Like I saw Luke Rock hold his train there for a bit, and, and like Perillo was kind of recruiting everyone over there. Yeah, I've been. Hey, I, I turn to Luke a little bit. Uh, we've we've had a, a couple sparring sessions. He's he's good. Been good work. Um, train out. Uh, I haven't trained with Perillo too much lately. Um, I, I want to get some more work in with him. Um, yeah, but Perillo's a dope ass coach. Always, always does, dude. He's just he's a, just a dope human being in general. Yeah, I've been uh, working with Anthony Gonzalez for the most part for my camp. You know, head coach. So he's been taking care of me. Uh, just last thing, who is going to be in your corner for this fight? Sean Ruiz, uh, my jiu-jitsu professor. Um, Ozzy Dukalubov. Um, he'll be, um, you know, attending my wrestling and helping me out with some stuff. And then um, Anthony Gonzalez, my uh, primary MMA coach. Actually, just one more quick thing. Like, is it going to be a bit better going up to Vegas now that it's not like fully locked down? You're in that bubble. You can kind of sort of explore the city again. Yeah, you know. Um, Dude, like I, after this fight, I want to go. Like I want to go have some fun. I want to chill, um, hang out a little bit. You know, just 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 live live life a little bit because I I feel like I haven't got to live for a while. You know, like trying to um, stay financially stable and you know mentally stable, figure things out. Like I want to just you know get this fight in, fun, have a good win, and then go celebrate. All right. Well, Jalen, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you.